Welcome to About Mansfield, your audio newspaper. I'm Steve Casillo with the November 15th, 2023, 198th edition, always broadcasting from the Silmark Studios. Colleen Daniel is in Studio West, and we're here with the About Mansfield news team. Coming up today, it's Mansfield News, Sports, and Conversation. And a little later in the episode, you will have a chance to win a $25 gift card to a Mansfield restaurant of your choice with our Mansfield trivia question, courtesy of Joe Jenkins Insurance. Let's take a look at the stories we're covering this week. City and MISD agree on land swap. How much did the land swap cost taxpayers? We'll tell you in a moment with the mayor. Rose Park to get needed upgrades soon. New barbecue restaurant to take the place of a longtime Mansfield eatery. Walnut Creek Drive bridge construction reaches the halfway point. In sports, Summit advances to the next round of football playoffs. And in the talk segment, Steve talks with local legend Troy Dorsey. We are Mansfield's only source for news, sports, and conversation. This is About Mansfield. Imagine a city where innovation knows no bounds, where dreams take flight, and the future unfolds before your very eyes. Welcome to Mansfield, a beacon of growth and a testament to vision. In the heart of Mansfield, a remarkable transformation is underway. But it's not just about the physical landscape. It's about the spirit that drives us forward, a spirit of collaboration that bridges cultures, a spirit of entrepreneurship that fuels prosperity, and a spirit of community that binds us as one. Mansfield is more than just a place. It's a canvas where diversity paints the picture of progress. From art festivals that ignite creativity to tech hubs that redefine boundaries, this city celebrates every voice, every passion. Mansfield, where growth knows no limits and the vision is limitless. Brought to you by the unstoppable spirit of the Mansfield Economic Development Corporation. No matter your familiarity with buying or selling real estate, having an experienced, trusted advisor on speed dial is priceless. The Roger and Beth team of Century 21 Judge Fight is here to be that resource for you. Whether you're buying right here in Mansfield or your dreams are taking you elsewhere, we are ready to help you with turning that vision into a reality. To learn more, visit our website at homesinmansfield.com. That's homesinmansfield.com. Hey there, it's Luke from Cool Hand Electric. Are you tired of dealing with plugs or lights that just won't cooperate? Well, don't fret. Give us a call. Worried about power outages or surges damaging your precious electronics? We've got you covered. Whether it's a whole house generator or surge protection, our solution-oriented Cool Hands are ready to tailor the perfect option that suits your needs and budget. At Cool Hand Electric, excellence is still cool. Cool Hand, Cool Hand, Hi, my name is Kenneth Rose, President and CEO of Texas Health Hospital Mansfield. You are listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. This portion of the news is brought to you by the Grandview Event Center. Mansfield ISD and the City of Mansfield have announced a collaborative plan to exchange property that both entities found to be mutually beneficial. The City of Mansfield will exchange the property that contains City Hall at 1200 East Broad Street and a portion of the adjoining property behind City Hall in exchange for Mansfield ISD's Administrative Buildings, Student Services Building, Geyer Field located at 605 East Broad Street, as well as the Strip Mall Shopping Complex located at 703 East Broad Street. The City of Mansfield and MISD have agreed to only exchange property. The City of Mansfield and Mansfield ISD elected officials agree the property exchange is a win-win for both the school district and the city, as well as a win for the community. The proposal for the exchange was born in a joint session with the city and district, which focused on working together as one on a shared vision for Mansfield. The development of the properties will occur in phases. The City of Mansfield will immediately begin Phase 1 of revitalization efforts to the Geyer Field location to be known as Geyer Commons, a community gathering space with park-like amenities. The City will preserve the historic original Mansfield High School and the Rock Gym and develop a plan for their potential uses. Geyer Commons will feature an open lawn, splash pad, a maker's market village, and space to preserve additional historic properties. 
This property exchange enables both Mansfield ISD and the city to avoid spending unnecessary funds, continuing their legacies as good stewards of taxpayer dollars. The Mansfield City Council held a, not only a, two meetings in one, uh, regularly scheduled meetings on Monday night with us here in the studio. We call this a moment with the mayor. The following opinions of those of Michael Evans may not necessarily reflect those of the Mansfield City Council. We say top of the morning. To Michael Evans. And top of the morning to you. And you're right. We had two meetings, two meetings. And, you know, just for clarification, the city council holds its uh, two monthly meetings on one day in uh, November just to accommodate Thanksgiving uh, later this month. And also we'll do that again in December. So uh, we try to be benevolent to our outstanding staff. I bet they appreciate that. You started off with a recap and awards for the Veterans Day uh, Parade and Salute. That we did. You know what? We had such an amazing turnout and participation at this year's Veterans Day Parade and Salute uh, at this meeting. So what we did do, and you're right, we handed out uh, the awards for the best floats, uh, and that included the American Legion Post 624 Bethlehem Baptist Church, I know about them, and our JROTC participants, all of them received uh, awards on that day. And Steve, I just want to uh, take the time to say thank you to everyone that joined us uh, at this year's uh, Veterans Day Parade and and salute it was uh, one for the one for the record books talk about the cultural arts master plan yes we adopted the cultural arts master plan at these uh, at, at one of the two meetings uh, people have told us for years that they want more performances they want more public art really just more culture so uh, this comprehensive plan outlines the vision and steps to grow and to develop the uh, public art scene right here in Mansfield Texas let's talk about street projects and uh, that kind of segues right into the consent agenda it does let's talk about streets I am sure that uh, many of your listeners have been driving around Mansfield and my god they're like me they're saying we are we are tearing up streets everywhere well our team gave us an update on street projects in design and under construction, that including uh, work and upcoming work on uh, Gertie Barrett Road and the uh, 157 connection. And you're right, speaking of streets on the consent agendas, we approved a whole lot of money uh, regarding uh, the streets and streets improvements. For example, a $572,250 contract for the design of Heritage Parkway from National Parkway to uh, Star Road. I want people to stay tuned because that has everything to do with the uh, new uh, sports stadium that uh, we're hoping to build Ooh. in town. So, yeah, that's big time. And uh, I'm hoping that uh, we'll break ground on that in late 24, early 25. We uh, approved interlocal ag- agreements with uh, Tarrant County for reconstruction of Meadow Creek Drive and Chimney Hill Circle worth uh, right at about $490,500 and wait, there's more. There's more. A uh, $715,000 uh, construction uh, contract on an asphalt overlay of East Debbie Lane from Walnut Creek to Matlock Road. Uh, City Council also approved a zoning change for 24 acres that included single-family residential manufactured housing and community business uh, into a planned development district at 1503 uh, North Main Street. Uh, We approved a pair of zoning change requests to the uh, South Mansfield Foreign-based development district on acreage around 360 and Lone Star Road, uh, nearby 287 and St. Paul Road. And um, that was the consent agenda. Boy, we had a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. And it's all sexy. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think it is. When the roads get fixed, it'll be really sexy. That's right. Uh, Speaking of votes, uh, the various uh, appraisal districts, you uh, addressed that last night. We did. We did. We cast votes for uh, Tarrant County Appraisal District, for Johnson County Appraisal District, and uh, we we chose not to uh, vote on a candidate for Ellis County, but uh, for the other two, uh, we did. Yeah, we, we we want to make sure that people have confidence in the appraisal districts. We need that. Now we're starting to get really exciting. Oh yeah, City Hall, City Hall, the new City Hall. Oh my gosh. 
We're getting excited about that, already excited about that. You've heard a lot about, you know, the uh, swap in property with our friends with the ISD. So that helped us to do the following. We authorized a request for qualifications for architectural design services for a city hall. Uh, listen, I, we, we must thank our uh, former city manager, uh, Clayton Chandler, because our current facility was built to accommodate our growth for 20 years, and that was around 2002. So we've surpassed that, sure. and, and of course, we continue to grow. So when that building was built, the one that we're in now, we had about 28,000 of residents, and now we're at about 82,000. So, you know, just, just mere numbers will highlight the fact that we need to, we need to expand. Now, we had some, we, we had some uh, room uh, to, uh, to do that, but it really wasn't going to accommodate Mansfield in the future. We know that the uh, center of town is, is kind of moving uh, further south, so to speak. Yep. So uh, we look forward to uh, developing the area uh, in uh, what we call the uh, reserves. And I tell you, for any individual who wants to go back and look at that, I, I would ask you to do that. Just, just go to uh, mansfieldtexas.gov because you're going to see in that uh, kind of a town center complex that will have the new city hall there. We're yeah. actually looking at, I mean, they're going to see, they're going to see some blue in that picture, which means that we're actually hoping to develop a canal in that area. Oh, wow. Where, yeah, where you'll be able to ride on the canal a little over a mile or so on gondola, something beautiful. Does it look like, like that. Venice. It's going to be outstanding. It'll be Venice in Mansfield. Venice you know, in we're, we're going to have to come up with our own name, <laughs> but um, it's going to be really really nice. And, um, you know, think Riverwalk, think that kind sure. of thing. And I sure. know that sounds nuts for Mansfield, Texas, but guess what? It's what dreaming does for you. Yeah. And uh, we believe in the impossible here. As a matter of fact, I'm kind of in that business every day. We believe that impossible <laughs> things uh, can happen. So we're excited about that, my friend. Now, since you brought it up, yeah, let, uh, a couple of questions about the land swap, because there's a lot of noise on social media about just about this and that. Sure, uh, so sure. the the land swap between the city of Mansfield and the Mansfield Independent School District. Yeah. How much money was spent in this land swap? Uh zero, 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 zero. Yes, it's a win, 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 because of the fact that it's not going to cost uh, any uh, taxpayer dollars. That's what we love about it. I mean it is a it is it is a good swap. Uh, our school district our school district is growing, right. and um, you know our friends over there will tell you that as it concerns, they're given departments. They they are they are not able to be in one building, so they are they're spread out throughout the district, and and I think the district is uh, some uh, if I remember so about ninety ninety four. Uh, uh, square miles. I mean, you think about that. That's a lot of ground to cover. So, it's, yeah, about uh, three times the city, the size of the city. Three times the size of the city. Right. So uh, this helps to bring our our school district departments under one roof, and it gives them quite a bit of administrative flexibility. And um, we were happy to help them. And listen, they are happy to help us uh, because we know. Let, let me tell you something. It's a win-win. It's a good swap. It's a partnership, and it just ought to just ought to happen. And it has happened. And listen, I want to ask people to do this, Steve. I would like for people to watch uh, the meetings in full. Um, you know, visit MansfieldTexas.gov. I understand that uh, there was a uh, video that's been floated around in uh, social media regarding the use of what they call uh, uh, COs. And uh, these are uh, dollars that can be used to uh, build a city hall. And if they want the real facts, just go to uh, our meeting, and uh, we addressed that on the other night. So MansfieldTexas.gov, and they will know that in the building of this new city hall, guess what? We're not raising taxes. Oh, nice. Yes. Thank very you. Very nice. Tis the season. It is. You know, thank you. I want to invite uh, you and uh, your family and everybody else to uh, the holiday festivities that's going to take place. We're going to have the annual tree lighting celebration at 6 p.m. on December the 1st in historic downtown Mansfield. And we'll also have um, plenty of photo opportunities, live entertainment at the lot. And we're going to have a magical holiday-themed drone show. Now, listen, 
the drone show last year was all the rage. Yeah. And it's going to even be better. And I'm going to tell you, I'm I'm so old school. I'm 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 thinking, how in the world did they make that happen? But uh if you want to see something spectacular, meet us downtown December the first. And also don't ever forget Toys for Tots. And since December's here, are you gonna be ringing the bell again? Of course I'm gonna be ringing that bell. You better know it. Because guess what? We're gonna beat Arlington into the ground once more again in regard to raising dollars <laughs> for our, our children and, and uh you got orphans, you have homeless families that Salvation Army takes care of. So uh yeah, we're gonna be ringing the bell all over town. That's gonna be on uh, December the eighth. Because guess what? Can't anybody beat Mansfield when it comes to raising dollars through the Salvation Army. I want to thank in advance, he's the state house rep, David Cook. And we look forward to his partnership as well as we work to raise dollars for the Salvation Army. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be ringing that bell. Michael Evans, happy Thanksgiving, and we'll see you on the other side in, in December. And thanks for being on About Mansfield. Thank you, my friend. It's always a blessed honor to serve and also to be on about Mansfield. Forget dreaming big. In Mansfield, the city's parks department dreams remarkable. The reimagined vision for Catherine Rose Memorial Park that Mansfield residents helped create is finally coming to life. Construction will begin later this month on Phase 1, primarily focused on the new parking lot and entry driveway. Work will be phased to allow the park to remain open for the bulk of the project, but the parking lot will have some limited capacity on and off depending on the construction progress. Most importantly, basketball and sand volleyball courts will be removed fairly early on in this phase. New courts, planned for the Hardy Almond Soccer Complex, will be added in a later phase. But in the meantime, the Parks Department recommends the brand new basketball courts at McClendon Park West as a new and temporary place to play. Additional upgrades to Rose Park include a large, adaptive, and inclusive playground, realigned roadway and parking lot, new restrooms and pavilions, and a story walk trail with play nodes. Across the street from the park, the Hardy Almond Soccer Complex will get new tennis and pickleball courts, as well as a new restroom and pavilion. The soccer fields will be relocated to a currently undeveloped park property off of Smith Street. Consultants are now creating the design and engineering plans with work starting this winter. And Colleen, here's some news from just a few yards away from Rose Park. Big D Barbecue announced on social media Monday that they served their last meal over the weekend as the 11-year-old restaurant has been sold to Arlington-based Hurtado Barbecue. With us on the telephone is the man with the familiar gray beard and warm, welcoming smile behind Big D Barbecue, Gary Giddings. Welcome to About Mansfield. Well, hello, Steve. Thank you very much for having me. I'm I'm excited to talk to you about what's going on. Oh, say it isn't so. My Big D's going away. <laughs> well, yes. Big D's going away, but I take tell you, uh, you know, we were open for 11 years almost, and uh, we served the Mansfield, Mansfield community very proudly and very happily uh, over that time. Made a lot of great friends, and uh, it's, you know, restaurants to be able to survive, especially these times, uh, for over 10 years, I, I'm extremely proud of the fact that we did make it over 10 years. Some memories that I have of Big D Barbecue over the years, uh, of, of, of course, the years of wonderful live music, and, and thank you for allowing me as part of that opportunity. Uh, you introduced craft beer to Mansfield. You expanded from beer and wine to a full liquor license, started serving high-end bourbons. That was toward the end. and I, uh, mm. But I remember it was Michael Martin Murphy, the singer-songwriter, ate at your restaurant. He did. He sure did. He was in town for an event that was downtown and came over and had to have some of our barbecue. Thanks to some of the local folks in Mansfield that were putting the event together. Uh, they referred us to him and he came over and yeah, that was a special day. It's, it's an 11 year era. What are you going to miss most about big D barbecue? Well, if things had gone differently, Steve, I would say, 
I would miss the people and the relationships that I developed uh, over the years. But with the next chapter that we'll talk about, I'm sure here soon, I'm not going to be missing those folks no more. So I'll still be able to continue those relationships. Yeah, that that actually leads right into the next question. I've never, never, never known Gary Giddings to rest on his laurels. What is next for you? As we speak, I just got done having a meeting with Brandon Hurtado, and he has uh, asked me to stay on board uh, with the new venture. With Hurtado's buying Big D Barbecue, we have an established location, uh, and now the excitement of uh, being part of the Hurtado team is just, really, Steve, it's overwhelming. Uh, I'm going to be part of a wonderful organization. Brandon is a super, super awesome guy. And I'll tell you, I just ate a plate of their barbecue. And (laughs) man, Mansfield, y'all don't know what's in store for you. Big D was good, but this Hurtado is is phenomenal. I I hear they call it Mexicue. Yes. And I think that's really kind of what sets it out. Uh, You know, we served classic barbecue with Big D. And I'm very proud of what we did. The, the barbecue was really good. Really, really good. Uh, but this style that Brandon has just puts a whole twist to it that uh, the flavors burst in your mouth. I want to give you a little second here, open microphone to you to give a shout out to your customers. Well, I've, I've developed relationships with a lot of customers. We had a really big lunchtime crowd for a long time before COVID and, and uh so I developed some really good relationships with a lot of people in Mansfield, but not just the customers. It's the small business owners in Mansfield that I really thoroughly enjoy developing relationships with. Uh, small business uh, is, is crucial to a, a town like Mansfield, and we've got uh, a ton of really good small business owners that work together to to kind of help promote each other. Gary Giddings was always around town whether it was a chamber function, a taste of Mansfield, or any other type of function, Gary was out there always being the ambassador for Big D Barbecue, shaking hands. And again, the uh, <laughs> the big gray beard didn't hurt because that was your uh, that was your signature, and people knew that was Gary. Yeah, I, I do have a, a different look to me. I'm not the <laughs> everyday guy walking down the street. So uh, you and Jordy, uh, Jordy Jordan, you, you, the two of you started uh, Big D together. Jordy still has uh, his establishment going on. Tell the listeners where they can enjoy uh, some of Jordy's home cooking. So Jordy opened a restaurant in Midlothian, downtown Midlothian. Uh, it's been about a year and a half ago. Uh, it was initially called Big D as well as Big D in Mansfield. There was a Big D in Midlothian. Uh, the restaurant sits inside a wonderful historic building that housed the newspaper uh, back uh in the 60s uh, in Midlothian. And so they changed the name to Pin to Paper. So you can still get Big D Barbecue at Pin to Paper, downtown Midlothian on 7th Avenue. So let's recap then. Let's see. Uh, Big D Barbecue in Mansfield has been sold to Hurtado. Gary Giddings, who helped form Big D Barbecue with Jordy Jordan, is going to remain on board with Hurtado. An approximate time, that, uh, date that you're going to be uh, uh, launching Hurtado? Right now, uh, and, and I think it's very, very feasible, but uh, Brandon wants to be open uh, by the first of the year. It's going to hit the uh, road hard and run in full force. Gary, I sure appreciate your time, and congratulations again for the 11 years that you put in it with Big D Barbecue, and I can't wait to see you behind the counter at Hurtado's. Thank you, Steve. And by the way, Mansfield will be Hurtado's third location, and they are known for their oversized beef ribs and birria tacos. Hurtado Barbecue made it on Texas Monthly's list of the best 50 barbecue joints in 2021 and is now the official barbecue restaurant of the Texas Rangers. City Road Crews and TxDOT have entered phase two of the Walnut Creek Drive Bridge road construction adjacent to Rose Park. 
Crews have completed work on the southbound side of the road and, after changing the traffic pattern, have begun working on the northbound side. The sidewalk on the bridge remains closed as well as the linear trail path under the bridge. Pedestrians are urged to use the crosswalk at the temporary three-way stop at Walnut Creek and Magnolia. The estimated completion of the bridge project is scheduled for March of 2024. Summit heads to the next round of playoffs. We'll talk about it because sports is next. I'm Philip Washington, Chief Investment Officer of Stonehill Wealth Management and host of the Wealth Building Made Simple podcast. First book I read in college was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and it changed my life. And since then, I've read tons and tons of books on money. And what I've done is taken those lessons simplified them and i talk about those lessons on my podcast wealth building made simple so come hang out with us we're on every major platform apple Podcasts, spotify and on youtube wealth building made simple the housing market is evolving as interest rates rise to meet inflation speculation abounds as to what the future may hold do you have a trusted advisor the roger and beth team at century 21 judge fight should be your first call in all matters concerning real estate and the market we specialize in residential real estate for both buyers and sellers With industry partners across North America, our resources and expertise can turn the home you've been envisioning into a reality. Visit our website at homesinmansfield.com to learn more. That's homesinmansfield.com. In sports, Friday night playoff lights. Timberview ended a near-perfect season being nipped by Wakeland 21-18. The Wolves conclude their season at nine wins and two losses. Meanwhile, the 8-3 and three Summit Jags routed Siegelville Friday night at R.L. Anderson 37-7 in a by-district playoff game, advancing to the area round where they will take on the 10-1 and one Texas Tigers of Texarkana. How's that for alliteration? The game is this Friday night at Gerald Prim Stadium in Sulphur Springs. Kickoff is at 7.30 p.m. If you have a comment about the show, the news, whatever's on your mind locally, the good, the bad, the ugly, you tell me what's going on. What's on your mind? You can reach us by voicemail at 817-435-2938. Again, that's 817-435-2938. This coming Friday, November 17th, is National Substitute Educators Day, which wraps up American Education Week. According to the Bureau of Labor and Statistics, there were over 500,000 substitute teachers in the United States in 2020. These educators fill the shoes of the class's regular teacher, ranging from as little as a half day up to several weeks. Substitutes often receive notice from a district, sometimes just hours before they are needed to fill in. A substitute often doesn't know which subject they may be teaching, from one week to the next. They are flexible. They are resilient educators who provide a bridge between full-time educators and their students. So this coming Friday, a tip of the hat to the almighty substitute teacher, a necessity in every school district across the country. Coming up after the break, we turn the page to the features section. Stuff the family with fruits and vegetables this Thanksgiving. I'm Angel Biasati. We'll talk about it next in Methodist Mansfield News to Know. What do you think realtors dislike about real estate? The market, buyers, sellers, and the like. I'm Beth Steinke, and we are diving headfirst into this controversial topic on the Mansfield Real Estate Report. In this week's Cocktail of the Week, I'll be talking about a cocktail that will have you seeking a good book or someone that read one to cozy up with. We are Mansfield's only source for news, sports, and conversation. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is About Mansfield. This portion of the news was brought to you by the Grandview Event Center. Are you ready to create unforgettable memories? Picture this, an enchanting event venue nestled amidst breathtaking landscapes with panoramic views right here in Mansfield. The Grandview Event Center is the perfect setting to bring your vision to life. From intimate gatherings to large-scale extravaganzas, the Grandview has flexible spaces to accommodate any occasion, be it a wedding reception, corporate Christmas party, or community gathering. Book your next unforgettable experience at thegrandviewmansfield.com. That's thegrandviewmansfield.com. The Grandview Event Center where memories are made and dreams become reality. Book your event today. 
Congratulations to Karen Barnum, who was the first person to correctly answer last week's Mansfield trivia question. Who is the Mansfield Police Department's current chief of police? Karen knew that Tracy Aaron currently holds the title of police chief. When we come back, this week's trivia question. This is about Mansfield. At Methodist Mansfield Medical Center, we've been caring for our home team for over 15 years. Today, you'll find award-winning physicians on the medical staff, advanced neurosurgery, a level three trauma center, critical care for newborns, and comprehensive orthopedic care. Methodist Mansfield, delivering the care our friends, neighbors, and home team depend on. That's community, and why so many people trust Methodist. Hey, it's Steve Casillo, and we all remember the storm that blew through our town back in June that pelted this community with baseball-sized hail. It did a ton of damage around Mansfield, including my own roof. Regular listeners to About Mansfield have heard Paul Duncan's commercials for Trinity Roofing and Construction. And after the storm, I reached out to him, and boy, am I glad that I did. From the first call to Paul to working with the crew leader, the scheduling department, and the entire construction team, and how it all played out with my insurance company, working with Trinity Roofing and Construction was a breeze. It's easy to see why they're a platinum preferred contractor with Owens Corning with an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. So if you're thinking on replacing your roof, look no further than Trinity Roofing and Construction. They're a Mansfield-based company, and you can find them on the web at trinityroofingconstruction.com. Again, that's trinityroofingconstruction.com. Hi, this is Joe Jenkins with Joe Jenkins Farmers Insurance, specializing in auto, home, commercial, and life insurance. I was born and raised here in Mansfield, Texas. We're active in the community, and Mansfield's a town we really care about. Our office has over 30 years' experience in the insurance industry, and we're passionate about what we do and about customer service. For a free quote, please visit our website at joejenkinsinsurance.com or give us a call at 817-472-6058. Once again, that website is joejenkinsinsurance.com. It is time right now for the highly coveted, wildly popular About Mansfield trivia question. If you are the first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com, you will receive a $25 gift card to a Mansfield restaurant of your choice. It's brought to you by Joe Jenkins Insurance. Whether you're looking for homeowners, auto, commercial, or any other type of insurance, Joe has helped Mansfield area residents understand the insurance coverage that best fit their needs since 2010, and you can find him on the internet at joejenkinsinsurance.com. Colleen, it's your turn. Well, Steve, last week's trivia question referred to our current chief of police. This week's trivia question is, who was Mansfield's first police chief? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, who was the first chief of police to serve the city of Mansfield? Good luck, and thanks to Joe Jenkins Insurance for the gift card. I'm Jason Moore, Executive Director of Mansfield Economic Development Corporation, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield, your audio newspaper. Let's open up the features section. Angel Biasati suggests stuffing the family with fruits and veggies this Thanksgiving in Methodist Mansfield, News to Know. Angel, don't let the homemade dressing, roasted turkey, and pumpkin pie get your diet off balance this Thanksgiving. Instead, stuff the family with lots of fruits and vegetables and go light on the desserts. Eat smaller portions this Thanksgiving, taking time to savor the flavors while you enjoy time with family. You can enjoy holiday goodies and still manage your weight by following a flexible meal plan and counting your carbohydrates. There are no forbidden foods this Thanksgiving if you count your carbohydrates. During the season, watch the portions you consume and eat in moderation throughout the day. You can prepare those traditional recipes without sugar and the fattening things by substituting different ingredients like sweet apples, orange juice, or sugar alternatives. You may also consider sugar-free desserts or a lower-fat option. During Thanksgiving, we encourage people to reduce their risk of developing diabetes or other health issues like GERD by adopting a healthy, nutritious meal. And if you have diabetes, control your blood glucose, blood pressure, 
cholesterol, and a healthy diet, which can delay complications of these diseases. It's very important to take time to go outside and walk the neighborhood and increase your physical activity during Thanksgiving. It also will improve your health. Weight gain may start out slow and then get out of control. We have a new weight loss and wellness center at Methodist Mansfield that helps educate patients on how to manage their diet and weight. The program is led by Nancy George Cuddy, a family and obesity medicine specialist at Methodist Mansfield Medical Center. Schedule an appointment today at 682-242-7526. Managing your diet is a lifelong commitment. Start today and embrace the challenge so you will not only look and feel better, you'll have more energy. Happy Thanksgiving. That's Methodist Mansfield News to Know. I'm Angel Biasati reporting for the About Mansfield podcast. Realtor Beth Steinke is here with her usual potpourri of great information in the Mansfield real estate market update. Beth? If I asked around the real estate industry to root out the pet peeves of real estate agents, I might get a long list. Any business where you are dealing with the public is going to have stories. And you know I've shared some doozies along the way. Today, I'm sharing, with humor, a fun list of things realtors really dislike. Here we go. The over-decorator. First on the list are those homes that look like a Pinterest board exploded inside them. You know, where there's so much shabby chic decor that you can't find the actual house. It's shocking how bad the pictures turn out in an over-decorated house. What about the houses where each room is a different theme? The jungle-themed living room, complete with safari sounds, or the medieval dining room with faux stone walls and a round table. It's like selling a house and a time machine all at once. There was a house in Mansfield listed a few years back that the interior was modeled after, I'd say, Game of Thrones, complete with dungeon door and battle-scarred pillars. Very, very niche market indeed. Or the Weekend Warrior. Ah, the DIY enthusiast who believe duct tape is a legitimate repair tool and that YouTube is an accredited trade school. Nothing says buy me like flooring that doesn't go all the way to the wall. No, you can't be a good flipper just by taking an online course. Or there's the price optimist. These are the sellers who think their home, which hasn't seen an update since the disco era, is worth the same as the modern mansion next door. They say location, 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 not wallpaper, wallpaper, wallpaper. And of course, that cool breeze that you get that no one else does. That's probably worth 10K right there. These folks are convinced their home is the crown jewel of the neighborhood, despite evidence to the contrary. Why, yes, I do see the crack in the foundation, but did you notice the new light fixture in the foyer? There is the eternal negotiator. Buyers who think every property is a flea market. These buyers are on a quest to find a five-bedroom mansion for the price of a studio apartment. Well, I understand the house is listed at $500,000, but would you take $200,000 in eternal gratitude? No, just no. Or the ghosts. Clients who disappear faster than my will to exercise. One day they're hot to buy, and the next they're more elusive than a straight answer in politics. I've had clients who scheduled urgent showings and then vanish like a magician's assistant. I sometimes wonder if they're in witness protection or just really indecisive. My biggest question here is why? Why do people pretend like they want to buy a house and then just vanish? I have my theories, but if you know why it happens, it's time to spill the tea. Okay, here's one open house picnickers. Those who come to an open house just for the free snacks. They roam around munching cookies, asking no questions about the house, but plenty about the recipes for those delightful mini quiches. I had been in business for about two years when I had an elderly lady and her daughter come into an open house. They sat on the sofa, ate the snacks, sat on the back porch, ate more snacks. I think all in all, they were there about an hour just hanging out. Zero intentions of buying. I truly believe that's just what they did for fun. Okay, the instant expert. Thanks to one episode of a home improvement show, suddenly everyone's an architect, interior designer, and structural engineer. Yes, please tell me more about how the feng shui of the living room is off. 
The flow of this house is all wrong. If you just knock down this load-bearing wall, it'll open right up. Or worse, the person that clearly doesn't like the house, location, or neighborhood, but spends the next 30 minutes scouring every square inch of the house to tell me why they would never buy it. My guy, I've got a family waiting at home for me, not to mention other clients I could be spending the afternoon with. So we talked about this one last week too, the mystery smells. Homes with odors that defy explanation. Is it old carpet, a forgotten gym bag, the essence of existential despair? Clearly, I've been scarred. I do have a very acute sense of smell. It's a guessing game I don't want to play. So there you have it, folks. A day in the life of a realtor isn't just about open houses and closing deals. It's an adventure in human behavior, questionable decor, and the occasional mystery smell. But hey, who's complaining? Each quirky client and their home with character keeps this job endlessly entertaining. But in the end, it's these experiences that make the job so memorable and, dare I say, enjoyable. So here's to all the realtors out there. May your clients be awesome, your house is odor-free, and your sales swift without any scary bumps in the road. Do you have a real estate question I can answer? Otherwise, I'll just keep coming up with my own crazy topics. Send us a message via email to info at aboutmansfield.com. For the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Beth Steinke with Century 21 Judge Fight. Shaken or stirred, Brian Certain continues his series of fall-related drinks with a dash of cinnamon in the cocktail of the week. Brian? This week's cocktail of the week is the Cinnamon Vanilla Gold Rush. This week is another fall-themed cocktail. If you want to warm your spirit with the Cinnamon Vanilla Gold Rush— This bourbon cocktail blends rich vanilla, spicy cinnamon, and a bright citrus for a comforting yet balanced sipper. But don't worry about taking notes as I'm giving out the ingredients instructions. I always post them on bourbongospel.com. And in fact, you can also sign up on bourbongospel.com and have the Cocktail of the Week delivered directly to your inbox every Wednesday. This week's cocktail is the Cinnamon Vanilla Gold Rush. For ingredients, you're going to need my favorite kitchen bourbon, the Evan Williams Bottled and Bond. You're going to need one ounce of honey syrup, one half ounce of fresh lemon juice, a half ounce of fresh orange juice, a quarter ounce of Tawaka or Liquor 43, and a pinch of cinnamon. To make the honey syrup, you're going to need one cup of honey, one cup of water, one cinnamon stick, and a vanilla bean split lengthwise or vanilla extract. To make the honey syrup, you combine the honey, the warm water, the cinnamon stick, and the vanilla bean or vanilla extract in a small saucepan and heat until just blended and the honey dissolves, usually about two to three minutes. Then let steep for 30 minutes, then discard the cinnamon stick and the vanilla bean. To finish the cocktail, you're going to add bourbon, honey syrup, lemon juice, orange juice into a cocktail shaker filled with ice. Shake vigorously for 10 to 15 seconds. Then strain into a rocks glass over fresh ice. You're then going to float the tawaka over the top by slowly pouring it over the back of a spoon. Finally, you're going to garnish with a cinnamon stick and an orange twist. The bourbon provides a solid base with the oak and vanilla notes, while the spiced honey syrup delivers warm cinnamon spice and floral sweetness. The fresh citrus juices lend brightness to balance the sweetness. And finally, the floated tawaka ties everything together for an elegantly warming cocktail. Sip this cocktail while cozying up next to a fireplace with a good book or someone that read one. This is the perfect drink for a chilly winter night. As always, I'm open to hear your take and your input. You can reach me at brian at bourbongospel.com. And until next week, as Mark Twain said, too much of anything is bad, but too much whiskey is barely enough. Reporting for the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Brian Certain. We're back in 60 seconds with our interview with the one and only Troy Dorsey. Hey, it's Steve Casillo. And are you ready to make your voice heard? 
Want to bring out your ideas to life through captivating conversations and engaging visuals? Look no further than Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio, your one-stop destination for award-winning audio and video podcast recording. Equipped with cutting-edge microphones, crystal-clear audio recording, and high-definition cameras, we're here to turn your ideas into engrossing content. But it's not just about the equipment. We're dedicated to bringing out the best in your content. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, We're here to elevate your podcasting game. We'll even help you with intro music, transitions, voiceover, and that professional polish that sets your podcast apart. So whether you're into interviews, storytelling, or simply sharing your expertise, Podcast Mansfield can help bring your podcasting dreams to life. Visit podcastmansfield.com. Podcast Mansfield, we're creating your podcast masterpiece has never been easier. Hi, I'm Landon Day with Daydream Photography, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo as we make the transition from news to talk. And, you know, when it comes to interviewing people, or at least people that I'm interested in interviewing, this gentleman's been on my list for a long time, and I'm I'm, I'm actually kind of sorry that it took f- almost four years to get him into the studio. Well, we that, are talking you, about... Maybe work at my pace. That's the kind of pace I work at sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about the great, the legend, Troy Dorsey. Welcome to About Mansfield. Oh, you're, uh, thank you for having me, uh, Mr. Casio. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Yes, and, sir. And uh, so you work at a slow pace, too. That's... <laughs> <laughs> I do. I'm all over the place. So, uh, yeah, there's things that I still need to do that I, that I needed to do a couple of years ago. So... Yeah, don't feel don't feel bad. But see, you got it done. I'm glad that you're here uh, here in the studio, and you know you you've got a lot of of accolades over the years. My my goodness, I, I mean, Hall of Fames and and holding three world records simultaneously. The only person in the world in history to ever hold three world titles. That'd be a world title in uh, world boxing, karate, and kickboxing. Boxing, karate, and kickboxing, yes, sir. All at the same time. Yes, sir. And we'll talk about those here in a, in a little bit, but but I want to take Troy Dorsey back to when you were a little boy. I mean, my research department says that you, you were born in Mansfield. Born and raised here in Mansfield at Cedars Hospital on, on, uh, on Broad Street. It was, it's right across from where the, the courthouse is now. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's now the, uh, the, the emergency services building. I, I believe so, yes, sir. Okay. You like were the born? Poli- the police station, I believe. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes, sir. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's where I was born, Cedars Hospital. And you went through uh, eventually Mansfield High School. Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. So I went to Erman Ash. Yeah. My dad's first grade teacher was Erman Ash. So we go back a little farther than me. My dad was... Uh, moved here from Beeville when he was five years old. Mm-hmm. So I've been here for seventy-seven years. Wow! But I'm sixty, only sixty years old. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I consider myself being here when my dad moved here. So I don't know. I like to kind of throw that in there. But yes, sir. So two generations of uh, of Dorseys in uh, in Mansfield. Um, what were some of your hobbies growing up in Mansfield? Well, uh, I liked I liked playing football, so I started playing football in second grade. Me and my two brothers. Yeah, and uh, I played f- football from second grade. Second grade, and then I played uh, when I got uh, when I w- went to uh, seventh grade. That's when we started. They start football here. They did then. Mm-hmm. So I started. I would play pee wee football till seventh grade. Then I played for the school. And I uh, played linebacker, me and Thomas Wilson, the only guy that got the scholarship for football at our school. I, I, he and I played side-by-side, side, uh, seventh-grade football. Then eighth grade, I went to the B team. So I was a little less – it was a little tougher, I guess I should say. Yeah. I think that – I'm not going to use this as an excuse. I was watching football yesterday. These guys, 5'10". Oh my gosh, for the Cowboys! Oh yeah, they're just unbelievable. So my excuse is, I, I, I it's not that I wasn't tall enough; I wasn't strong or fast enough. You got to be really strong and really fast 
to play football. Because you're so, you're about five six, five five and three quarters, five five and three quarters. Oh, <laughs> that's almost there. That's a great. That's a great guess. So yeah, yes and, sir. Yeah, there are, there are some some short players. Usually they're running backs um, in football, but um, that wasn't your thing. No, sir. I, I played seventh grade, eighth grade. Went to the B team freshman year. I played second string behind the Thomas Wilson again. And then, uh, and then my sophomore year, I got hurt, separated my shoulder. Still have this bone that sticks up right here. Oh yeah, here and over here. There's no, there's no bone. So anyway, I separated my shoulder, and then that year, uh, later that year is when I started kickboxing. I was doing martial arts when I started when I was 11 years old. I started there, and we we would take off. Uh, sometimes we'd take off when we were playing football. Sometimes we'd just change in the car and go from martial arts to football practice. Me and my, my, my mom would be driving. Back then, they had no seatbelt seat oh, laws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're all getting dressed, putting our football stuff on, <laughs> <laughs> changing clothes, going from one thing to the next. What got you interested in martial arts? Well, uh, my fifth grade year, I started getting, I started getting uh, bullied mm. at, at school. So my dad took me and my two brothers, Brian and Rodney, to the martial arts school at downtown Mansfield where it was. And he knew the 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 teacher there. He was uh he knew he knew their parents, I guess I should say. My yeah. dad did. Anyways, uh, my dad had a Texaco gas station downtown Mansfield, so we started there at downtown Mansfield. And because uh, I was getting bullied on and two weeks after my first after our classes, uh, we after we started martial arts classes, we we fought a karate tournament. I got second place. Hmm. That really kind of sparked the sparked the light in me to you know win. Yeah. And then my brothers they did real real well too. And then after that, it was a long dry spell for me. They would win, I wouldn't win. They would win, I wouldn't. <laughs> win. They would. So so it it wasn't like yeah it, it was. I uh, love it first kick, right? <laughs> sure. And I, I play second, but then after that, it was a long dry spell for, before I won again. How long? You, you, you said that you were about 11 years old when you yes, started? Sir. So 1974. Martial arts. The summer of 74. From, from summer of 74, how long did it take you to reach Black Belt? Uh, it took me till September 1979, five years. Uh, five years. Yes, sir. All right, and uh, tournaments in between there. You you obviously were not the world champion at that time. No. Sir. Uh, a- how were you at uh, tournaments when you know? Let's see. We go white, yellow, orange, um, green. Back then it was, yes, sir. You got it. Green. Uh, I know there's blue. A, a bra- blue and brown and, and brown. red. Yeah, uh, uh, brown. And back then it was uh, it was like you said up until blue, then brown. Or for, fourth degree brown, then you had to test for third degree brown, then second degree brown, then one degree, first degree brown, then first degree black belt. During that process, what was your record like in tournaments? Not too hot. Not too <laughs> Not too hot. No, sir. Yet you no, still sir. continued. My brothers, my, my youngest brother, he was like a, I don't remember being jealous, and I'm glad that I wasn't, but I just, I remember kind of going, <laughs> I'm just not, I'm, I'm not, but I want to keep on going. I want to keep, I want, I didn't, never want to quit. I want to keep on going and keep on going. Yeah. Did and, you ever have to fight your brothers? Oh, uh, we did when we practiced. Oh, I mean, yes. but not in a tournament. Not in, not in a tournament, no, sir. Yeah, not the same size, not the same weight. Uh, uh, mainly it was the age, I guess. Okay. And But my brother, one year, one day younger than me, my brother Brian, who has a roofing company here in Mansfield, has that since 1992. He, uh, he was, one year and one day younger. So there were times when we could have fought, but we always, I was eliminated or he was eliminated before we had to fight each other. When, um, all right, so five years to get your blue, your black belt. And you said, that's not enough. Because if I recall now, again, going back to uh, the research, you are eight-time black belt? Uh, ten. You're a ten time. They haven't updated. They haven't, haven't updated on uh, on uh, on Google yet. <laughs> ten three black belt. But I got my ten three black belt. Uh, two thousand nineteen. So here we are. That's four years ago. So you're still a student of of martial arts, yes, even sir. though you're teaching martial arts. You, yes, sir. You're still a student. 
Yes, sir. You have always had to be a student. Whatever it is that you pursue, I believe that you have to always uh, grow and get better. And of course, I'm kind of I'm declining. My health is de- not my health, but my <laughs> the height I can kick and yeah. And uh, I can still punch and punch pretty fast, but I realize it's probably not the way that I used to be able to do it. From 1979, when you received your black belt, when did you turn pro? That, that's when everything started happening as yeah. far as master. I, I fought my first kickboxing match one month after I got my black belt. It was an amateur kickboxing match. And I fought my first boxing, my first kickboxing, pro kickboxing fight in 1981. 1981. I graduated high school October. I fought at the uh, Tarrant Cannon Convention Center. And you won. Yes, sir. Were you I mean, because your record is what like something like thirty three and two or uh, in... yes, uh, yes, sir. That's it. You got it's... a good yes, sir. And, and that, see, that's, that, that's, and that's my... not even written down on yeah. my notes here. <laughs> that's, that's not. You can remember that. Yeah, uh, uh, you would ask me. I'm not sure if I would remember. And uh, thirty three wins. Yeah, two losses. Yes, sir. Tell me about a guy named Felipe Garcia. Oh yes, sir. I fought him. I remember August eighth, eighty six. I fought him for the world title, but I had just had just completed training with a boxing uh, guy here in Fort Worth, Stevie Little, little Stevie Cruz. He won the IBF world title about two months before I fought for the world title in kickboxing. Yeah, and Stevie, I'm sorry if you see this, or but but I felt like I could beat Steve Cruz. I felt like I could win a world title in boxing. But the thing is, we weren't boxing. We were kickboxing. Right. So I fought Felipe Garcia August 8, 1986, in a a world title fight at at Denver, his hometown. But sometimes you get hometown cooking, they call it. In other words, the hometown hometown judges are – but it wasn't that way at all. I was just – I just was out boxing him, I thought. But when you're kickboxing, it's not just – you can't just box. You had a kickbox. For the benefit of the listeners, what is the difference between boxing, kickboxing, and let's take then the difference between kickboxing and now the current day MMA? Yes, sir. Well, in 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 kick in karate or kickboxing, you can kick and you can box. The the type of uh, kickboxing that I did was all above the waist. Okay. So and no leg kicks. There is leg kicking, but I, I never did that. Okay. So kickboxing is waist waist above uh above waist uh boxing and kickboxing and then boxing of course is just no kicking. Right. And, right. Um, With gloves only. Boxing uh, same same 8 ounce gloves. You could feel you could when you punch somebody in the head there's time when I could feel their bones on my head. I broke my hand in one of my fights. Mm. And I heard it several times I hurt my hand in the fights. Getting back to Felipe Garcia, you you mentioned you 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 fought him in his hometown of Denver. Uh, what was the decision on that? He won a unanimous decision. There and, and and he he deserved it. He won it because I was depending on my kicks. Yeah, I mean depending on my boxing, but it's just a it's a totally different sport. So you can't, just because you're a good kickboxer doesn't mean you can be a good boxer. Just because you. And vice versa. But you so, met him again in El Paso. I did, August things, 8th, one year. <laughs> and things changed. To the day. And for that fight, so after I fought for the Big RC, I started kicking a 1,000 kicks a day. Wow. So instead of just doing boxing or kickboxing, yeah. I, I, so I would do, we'd train kickboxing and I would spar kickboxing. My trainer, Casey Malone, would have me do, uh, we, we would work up to, the kickboxing match was two minutes long. Okay, boxing is three minutes long. Mm-hmm. The the rounds, I the rounds, say. yeah, yes, okay. sir. So, I would train for we'd do three minute rounds, and I would spar eight rounds for the kickboxing match until right before the fight. Then we'd go ahead and do everything twelve, like it was for real. Yeah, not not for real, but the real time, I guess I should say. So, uh, what I did after I fought Felipe Garcia, I just started kicking a thousand times a day uh, for, for six days a week. I take off Sunday for the Lord. And uh, really build build my legs, build my strength in my legs, and uh, then I fought him again August eighth. I kicked over twenty times around. So I, and I don't is that a lot? It is, yes, sir. Okay, yeah. So so the minimum is eight. So I fought. I kicked twenty uh, twenty times at least per round, and uh, 
I won the world title. And that was, that was my second world title. The first world title I won in London, England at Wembley Arena. I don't know yeah. if you saw that or not, but yeah, that was uh, that was a uh, where I fought point karate tournament where it's light contact, the face, no knockouts. If you, if someone bleeds, you get disqualified. The person that made hmm. that person bleed. So that the it's light contact karate. So I won the Wembley, uh, the the WAKO world title in uh, Wembley Arena, and then that same day they had. Kick, they had kickboxing and they had point karate. So I, I won both of those. Were you a kickboxer before a boxer? Yes, sir. I didn't start training boxing until 1982. I went, I went to my uh, boxing coach to, get, to be a better boxer. Yeah. So and I didn't start boxing uh, until 1985. Did you feel then, as you were training for boxing, did you feel that was – to benefit your kickboxing career, yes, sir. And and your your trainer thought, hey, I think we've got something here, and let's let's put you in a few boxing matches. Uh, no, well, I just I trained with the guys at uh, Gorman's Boxing Gym. Yeah, in the eighties, they had world champion Donald Curry, uh, world champion Gene Hatcher, uh, world champion Steve Cruz, and I was trained right next to those guys. I sparred Gene quite a bit. I sparred. Steve Cruz quite a bit, uh, and 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 they're making hundreds of thousands of dollars or ninety thousand dollars, and in kickboxing that was unheard of. <laughs> so I so I thought I ought to do this, and to me, it's still hard, but it did seem easier than kickboxing because you don't have to worry about getting kicked. Right, you don't have to kick. I broke my toes, I hurt my foot several times in kickboxing. So it, to me, that when I say that, that's what I mean by it's easier. You don't have to do as much. You don't have to get kicked. You don't have to get punched. I mean, you don't have to get kicked. That's the main thing. Right. You'll, you, there are only two limbs you have to worry about instead of four. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. So I did it. I did it. I changed for the money. Now, now if you fight for the money, you're not going to do good. Right. If you only fight with the money, it's got to be so. Fighting was in my in my blood or in my DNA or whatever you want to call it. Well, and they say that in in business itself that don't go into business chasing the dollar. Go into business for something you love and it's a passion, and the dollars will follow you. Yes, sir. Boxing was uh, was that was that passion. Yes, sir. And so you did boxing, became a world title. Holder in boxing, we talked about. Uh, so there'd be world boxing, and the difference between world boxing and any other type of boxing. No difference. No difference. No difference. It's all okay. knockout. It's all you know. When you're a kid, you're trying to knock your partner out, or you're an adult, you're trying to knock your partner out. And you got knocked out a couple times in boxing. It's called a TKO. It's a technical knockout. Right. So I never, I never got knocked down in boxing. I got knocked down twice in kickboxing. I don't know how that how that happened or <laughs> didn't happen in boxing. So they give you a, they give you a count, and then uh, I took a knee one time in boxing because I, I got hit in the head, in my eye, in, in the eye, and it hurt so bad. I took a knee, and yeah. my 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 eye swelled shut. And they call that a TKO. A so, so so what happened? I, got, I used to get cut real easily. So yeah. when I step in the ring, I just started bleeding almost immediately. So whenever uh, whenever usually get cut above the eyes here. So they would stop the fight, and that's when they, when they say it's a TKO, mm-hmm. technical knockout, because they stop the fight because if the fighter can't see, then it's dangerous to fight, of course. I fought Oscar De La Hoya. Did you see that? I did see. I, I, I haven't seen videos of it, but I did see that. Uh, it, well, it, it says TKO. I got technical knockout hmm. because I got cut in the first round. And the reason I mentioned that is because after that I fought, after that I had been cut several times and the fight stopped because of cuts, only because of cuts. I had surgery after that fight. Yeah. Where they did some uh, reconstructive surgery, where they made an incision on the top of this ear, top of the top, top of the other ear, and they peeled the skin down, shaved the bones here, uh, and then they spot them smooth, put the skin back up. And then I started fighting about four or five months later on. Oh wow! So that I wouldn't get cut as easily. Yeah. And the doctor in in Las Vegas, when I fought Oxley La Jolla, he said that you're cutting from the inside out because you have such these strong and uh, casting deposits here on your on your brows. So they, I can't remember exactly what they call that that cut, but that's what that's what they did. That's what I did, so that I could fight 
continue to fight and try to win world champions and world titles and, and the, I, I wasn't finished. The bones behind your eyebrows. Right above my eyes. Right above my eyes. You were bleeding from the inside out. Right here. And wow. Well, it get, it get cut. I got cut yeah. from the inside out because those bones were sharp. World boxing and kickboxing, they were, I, I, as we mentioned earlier, were, were simultaneous. And then, but the, also then there was karate. Where does karate come in, in into play then? Well, well, I, that's that's what I just started doing in the beginning. Yeah, two weeks after I was in martial arts or in karate, so I won the karate world title in in uh, Wim- Wembley. That came first, but yes, yeah, sir. But after that, I didn't do any more. Kick, I didn't do any more. Uh, no, I did some more uh, point karate until 1987. I fought 1987. I fought in the same world championships there in Munich, Germany, at the Olympic Stadium, and I won the kickboxing world title. And then I was gonna. I was fighting for the the world title in point karate again, and they disqualified me because they said I was hitting too hard. Oh, it's the world championship, come on, Troy. It's the world championship. You hitting too hard. <laughs> come on now. The, so I didn't do any martial arts after that. Just kickboxing and boxing. We're talking with Mansfield legend Troy Dorsey, and we will pick up part two of the interview in two weeks. Yes. Two weeks. We're taking the week off next week so everyone involved can celebrate the Thanksgiving holiday. In the meantime, this is the place where you'll hear the latest Mansfield news, sports, and conversation. Until then, don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, share, love, or support this podcast if you haven't already so you never miss an episode. It's free and it's easy. Head on over to our website, aboutmansfield.com. Enter your email address right there on the homepage. We will never send you any spam. We promise. About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Hosts Steve Casillo and Colleen Daniel. Moment with the Mayor feature Michael Evans. Methodist Mansfield News to Know Angel Biasati. Mansfield Real Estate Market Update Beth Steinke. Cultural Arts Calendar Tim Roberts. Cocktail of the Week Brian Certain. Post-production, editing, mixing, and mastering, Steve Casillo and Andrew Miner. This podcast is copyrighted by Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio for the private use of our audience. Any other use of this podcast without written consent is (sighs) prohibited. We thank you all for listening. On behalf of the entire news team, happy Thanksgiving. I'm Steve Casillo, and this... is about Mansfield.